Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 75 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 132 of Receptopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AW continues. And last night was AW Dynamite making its Dynamite debut at the Schottestein Center in Columbus, Ohio. And we kick things off with Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. And I thought this was a fun match. Orange psyched out Jay Lethal early on with his hands in pockets, delivering a tope through the ropes and a couple of arm drags for good measure. But eventually, we get Satnam Singh causing trouble on the main ramp. But thankfully, best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta scare him off with Trent sitting on Chuck Taylor's shoulders to even the height a bit. In a funny side gag, but the distraction allows Jay Lethal to land a dragon screw on Orange Cassidy and he traps the left leg against the still steps and stumps on it as we go to commercial break. We come back and Jay is still working over the left leg for a bit lands lethal combination on orange for a very close near fall orange is going to get out of the figure for a leg lock and orange lands a couple of floating ddt's for a near fall goes for orange punch but that left leg gives out and jay takes advantage of that for a bit until orange lands the beach break for a very close near fall he goes for orange punch again but jay kicks him directly into the bad left knee lands lethal injection for the win after the match is over Jay Lethal goes after Orange once again, best friends. And Wardlow makes a save, which sets up Wardlow versus Jay Lethal for the TNT Championship this Saturday at Battle of the Belts 3. It should be a very good match, but I don't like the very last-minute nature of this special show build on TNT. But the match should be good nonetheless come Saturday night, and this wraps up a very good opener to Dynamite. I love Orange Cassidy, so over with the people. But Jay needed the win a bit more to set up this championship match this Saturday on TNT. Next up is the return of the undisputed elite, Adam Cole, Bay Bay, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and the Young Bucks are out. And Adam Cole notes it's good to be back once again, and he states his purpose for being in AEW because he wanted to be with his best friends, the Young Bucks, due to loyalty. He's been loyal to Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish for well over a decade as well, so loyalty means a lot to him. And he might not be medically clear to be a part of the Trios Championship Tournament heading into All Out next month. But in the event, he's unable to compete and Cal's not cleared and the Young Bucks don't team with Bobby Fish, then the Bucks cannot participate in the Trios Championship Tournament and the fans boo at this. The Bucks are confused as well. And Adam clarifies, oh, no, 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 you won't be physically able to compete in the tournament. And this leads to the turn of turns as Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly flip on the Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler. They beat them down. The fans are shocked. There's a little boy in the crowd crying at this betrayal because it's real to him, damn it. The fans are booing. And as Adam Cole is about to pulmonize the neck of Matt Jackson, Hangman Page makes a save as Hangman cleans house with the lead pipe and it's down to the Bucks and Page sharing space in the ring and Page helps Matt Jackson to his feet as a show of respect and he walks away and that leaves us with hmm heading into this trios championship tournament we've been teasing the reunion of the Bucks and Hangman Page for nearly two years now and I have loved this storyline this is the best long-form storytelling in professional wrestling today dating back to the inception of AEW and Page had a shot at the AEW World Championship against Chris Jericho he lost out and he was on a slide for a bit until teaming with Kenny Omega to become the second ever AEW World Tag Team Champions and that began the animosity between himself, Omega and ultimately the Young Bucks as well 
things got very personal as Hangman started to drink more and more and distance himself from the elite. And at one point, he sabotaged the Young Bucks by helping FTR win a shot at the tag team titles heading into All Out 2020. And the Bucks were pissed. They basically ostracized Hangman from the elite, excommunicated him from the crew, and it was a wrap for a very long time. And I always go back to when the Bucks won the tag team titles from FTR Full Gear. It was Hangman in the tunnel watching his friends celebrate, and he was all by himself. Go back to last year and Page won the championship from Kenny Omega, and the Bucks deferred to Hangman, allowed him to have that moment. And now look where we are. A year later almost, and we are on the brink of a reunion at long last. Kenny Omega is the only piece that's missing, and then we will have the elite versus the undisputed elite, and it should be a lot of fun on AEW television, and this would be the perfect blood and guts match sometime next year, but we'll see how long AEW decides to hold that off, as I think there's a lot of mileage in this feud between now and early 2023. Next up is a tag team match featuring Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter versus Thunderstorm, the AEW Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa alongside Tony Storm, and I thought this was a really good match. Most importantly, this match did not take place at 9.20 Eastern. It took place after 8.30, which is a rarity on AEW TV, and this match got a lot of time, and it was very good, as I love the tag team work between Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter were on the same page as well, and things got spicy between Rosa and Britt Baker. Stiff shots and slaps and forearm strikes as well, as they just took it to each other in the ring. Tony Storm was fantastic after the commercial break, as she landed a couple of top rope cross bodies to Jamie Hayter, which were absolute perfection, but things take a turn when Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm go for a double suplex spot on Jamie Hayter. Jamie's power reverses that into a double suplex of her own to Rosa and Storm, and she makes a hot tag to Britt Baker, who lands an avalanche air raid crash to Tony Storm for a very close near fall. And from there, Hayter lands a sliding lariat. Britt lands a curb stomp on Tony Storm, and Hayter goes for the pin, which is broken up with a double foot stomp courtesy of Thunder Rosa. Rosa and Breaker trace strikes in the ring until Baker avoids the fire thunder driver and hits the air raid crash instead for a very close near fall. Storm hits Baker with a tornado DDT and Hater lands a backbreaker on Tony Storm for good measure as well. Thunderstorm lands simultaneous German suplexes to Britt and Jamie Hater and they land in their corners respectively and Tony Storm is going to run rampant with several hip attacks to both ladies back and forth. But unfortunately, she went for one hip attack too many as Britt avoids one and Tony accidentally delivers a hip attack to Thunder Rosa and that allows Jamie to hit that sliding lariat on Tony for the win and she will earn a shot at the AEW Women's World Championship at the Battle of the Belts 3 going down taped this Saturday on TNT. I thought this was a very good match. I love the action throughout. Well paced. Britt looked good in this match. I thought Jamie Hayter was a powerhouse. Tony Storm was very clean out there and Thunder Rosa is the champ for a reason. They just all click in that ring and they delivered with time a hot crowd and it happened before 920 and to me that should be a trend moving forward. Shake up the formula of this show. That was one of my pet peeves during the early days of the company because I can telegraph when a women's match was going to take place right before the main event between 9.20 and 9.30. So surprise us sometimes. Have a women's match kickoff. Dynamite, let it lead the second hour. Hell, main event when need be. Just shake up the formula of the show to give Dynamite more variety from a programming standpoint. Next up is Powerhouse Hobbs running through 
a victim by the name of Ren Jones. He hits the Oklahoma Stampede. He beats his ass with a blindside lariat for the win. And immediately after the match is over, Ricky Starks runs out there like the fucking blur, the flash, and he goes after Paras Hobbs. But Hobbs is going to deliver a wicked spine buster to Ricky Starks, which lays him out in quick fashion. So this feud must continue and we're waiting for Ricky to cut that official babyface promo to get him to the next level as a top-tier star in AEW. But in Team Taz news, Team Taz is over. Hook, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks are on their own to be the single stars they're meant to be because, quite frankly, Taz would hold bias for his son, Ricky and Powerhouse, and that is not sustainable long-term. But he shows love for them on commentary despite the dissension between Hobbs and Ricky Starks as of late. Next up is Christian Cage versus Matt Hardy. And this was a fine match. Both guys are professional wrestlers out there putting on a show. Matt had that grudge match mentality, but going after Christian early on by delivering a superplex at one point, the side effect as well. Christian, the Wiley vet, goes for his... Signature headbutt from the top rope as well. Eventually, Matt Hardy gets a bit greedy by going for the timekeeper's table to put Christian through said table, but he misses the elbow drop, and Christian gets Matt back in the ring to land the kill switch for the win after the match is over. Christian is going to hit the concerto on Matt Hardy until Luchasaurus makes a save. Jungle Boy is able to go after Christian for a quick moment until Christian scurries away like a scalded dog to wrap up this segment. I do love the simmering tension between Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. It's a blood feud at this point and Jungle Boy has on a t-shirt. Christian is a pussy and that is quite accurate with him running away every single week. I do sense that we got a red airing upon us with Luchasaurus still rocking the black gear and the moody music. Don't be surprised if Luchasaurus turns on Jungle Boy at All Out to join up with Christian Cage officially. It's a swerve within a swerve. I'm calling it now because I don't believe it's a clean break between those two just yet. Next up is Ego Ethan Page airing out his grievances, saying I deserve more than AEW is giving me. I deserve more television time in the ring and on the microphone. I deserve my face on the production truck. I deserve more merchandise. I don't see any of that. And for you fans cheering that I deserve more, well, you're not buying my shit on shopaew.com, are you? You're buying the Orange Cassidy stuff and that's not good enough I want more than what you're giving me as well and Soakley Hathaway's in the ring listening to all of this and he whispers something in Ego's ear hands him his business card and now we got Stoke forming a faction alongside Lee Moriarty I sense a tag team brewing or hell maybe two single stars trying to make a name for themselves Ego Ethan Page is so great on the mic in the ring and I have one critique that yelling does not create emotion just turn it down just a notch otherwise he's a great talker but my concern is once again Ego has another great talker speaking for him when he can talk himself can we break up that trope please Lee Moriarty needs a mouthpiece more than Ego Ethan Page. Let Page do his work on the mic and in the ring, and he'll be a star that can turn that crowd in his favor in due time. Next up is a dumpster match between the Ass Boys, Colton and Austin Gunn versus the Acclaims, Max Caster and 
Anthony Bowens and Max shot the line saying that he will retire the ass boys like Vince McMahon. And that was a line that popped the crowd, got me as well. And this was a very fun throwback Attitudes Era match, which saw the gun club go after the acclaimed early on as they tried to throw Bowens in the trash can. Bowens fights out of it and we have Caster fighting out of the trash can as well. And they both land cookie sheet shots on the gun club as we go to commercial break. We come back and the gun club are still working over the acclaimed. We have Colton land the Colt 45 and Anthony Bowens on the ramp, which absolutely sucks. At one point, awesome gun climbs up to the tunnel of the entranceway to do some kind of death defying jump. And we have a table set out on the stage as well. But unbeknownst to Austin Gunn, Max Caster makes his way to that tunnel at the tippy top and he shoves Austin Gunn into the dumpster and Anthony Bowens lays out Colton Gunn and Max Caster takes that elbow mic drop to Colton through the table. They toss his ass in a dumpster as well to win the match and the feud and the acclaim tape up the dumpster and they're going to pull an attitude era a la New Age Outlaws and the dumpster works him a bit, works kind of stiff, but they shove the dumpster off the main stage and it turns upside down with Austin Gunn and Colton inside and I laughed it was a nice nod to the past to wrap up this very fun segment and the acclaimed dare I say are going to be over as a tag team and Max Caster is growing on me as a rapper I will say he works better with the beat versus acapella but if he works on that flow he will be better with that in time as well and now it is time for our main event featuring Willie Uta versus Chris Jericho the winner will face John Moxley for the interim AEW World Championship next Wednesday at Quake by the Lake in Minneapolis Minnesota and I thought this was a really good main event Willie Yuta is a star. Chris Jericho is a legend, and they meshed really well during this match. We had to get through some shenanigans courtesy of 2.0's Matt Menard and Angelo Parker, and Aubrey Edwards told them to get to stepping by ejecting them from ringside, and Claudia was more than happy to escort them up the ramp as we go picture in picture. We come back, and Willie Yuta, Chris Jericho go for dueling cross bodies. They crash into each other. They recover, and they exchange a series of slaps. It's a slap fest. It's very stiff, and and then Willa Yuta lifts Jericho up for not one, not two, not three, but four German suplexes with the bridge for a very close near fall. Jericho is going to recover, go for the walls of Jericho, but Yuta is going to crawl his way to the ropes to break the hold. Yuta sends Jericho to the floor and lands three suicide dives to rock Jericho back inside. He lands a dive and crosses body for two. Jericho responds with an underhook backbreaker, but Yuta is going to counter a lion salt and climb the ropes. Jericho trips him up and lands a cold breaker for a near fall. Yuta ties up Jericho in the regal stretch for a bit but Jericho is going to get out of it by going for Floyd the bat. Yuta avoids the Judas effect and locks in the seatbelt cradle for a very close near fall but Jericho is going to reverse that into the walls of Jericho into the lion tamer replacing his knee on Yuta's head to get the submission victory and it's a very gnarly finish. Jericho refuses to let go until Mox comes out to make the save and Jericho tells John Moxley you wanted the lion heart Chris Jericho you wanted the last surviving student of the heart dungeon you got him next week and I'm gonna stretch the shit out of you to win back my AEW world championship and that wraps up a very good dynamite solid in the reaction throughout nothing flashy nothing fancy just a bridge to get to Quake by the Lake next Wednesday for Minneapolis Minnesota and the build to all out begins with our first match on tap a surprising matchup involving Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara and it's a clash of styles to say the least but they'll find a way to make it work is Eddie always do in these kind of situations and Sammy is no slouch 
the ring despite my disdain for him as a heel character at this point. And I just love that wrestling is trying to produce great content bell to bell every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. The landscape has changed. Things will get more competitive. And with the sea change in streaming happening, you really got to put on the best shows possible to get the most bang for your buck when it comes to those contract renegotiations in the next year or two. And I think about the Discovery deal and the changes they're making to HBO and HBO Max and how that might affect AEW long term. It's a deal that a lot of people don't like if you are a consumer because you put your money into something that you like and you love the content that was being produced prior to the merger and now you don't know what's up and I don't know how wrestling is going to be affected by this as well. It's a sea change situation that's ever evolving and I hope that AEW gets the money they're owed because They've done great work in the last three years or so. I will say that certain demos have softened a bit year to year and they got a rebound with some big names coming back in due time in the form of CM Punk and ultimately Kenny Omega as well to get the show back on track. Their best month ever was September of last year. All out the stadium shows at Ash. It's time to have a similar rebound heading into the fall season. It's hoping to get the job done between now and all out in a month's time. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 75 of the Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram or Restotopia. They can find me tweeting and grounding about these podcast shows. The drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do. Search Receptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 46 of the Smackdown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage, Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.